Hi everyone and welcome to the Alami podcast Change Your Company. My guests today are Jack Vincent who is the creator of the SCORE sales method and Patrick Simone who is a founder and the CEO of Adesso Digital Marketing. Both of them are experts in sales and, and uh, training sales. Uh, Patrick from the social selling perspective and uh, Jack from traditional sales and we looked at storytelling we compared how storytelling from leadership to branding social selling and selling they make impact and what are the commonalities between them this was a live session so excuse uh, us with a uh, quality of the audio uh, but it was very interactive and we had a lot of engagement from the people who were watching us live so I hope you will get some inspiration from this session and like always at the end please if you haven't subscribed to the podcast please do so leave us a comment uh, or rating and uh, looking forward to be with you in the next episode bye uh, Jack Vincent and Patrick Simona hi Jack hi Patrick Hello, everyone. Hi, Fuad. Hey, Fuad. hey, Patrick. Hello, everyone. So cool to be here. So I'm so excited about this conversation. We, we talked a little bit about uh, stories. And when we were talking, we said, you know what? Let's go and share it. I think we have some uh, good insight we could share based on our experience, based on our work. Each one of us is doing uh, some work with organizations, with leaders, with, with salespeople, that's why we want to share this. And just uh, introducing you, Jack, very quickly, uh, you are the creator of the SCORE method, which is all about helping uh, people sell more effectively, right? That is correct. The SCORE selling method, five yeah. key steps. Okay, we'll talk about this. And Patrick, uh, the founder and CEO of Adesso Digital Marketing, and uh, you are you are helping organizations and salespeople, sales leaders, to be more effective selling in the new normal, selling virtually, selling and maximizing and leveraging social media. Absolutely, yes. Thank you very much for that. So we want to talk about stories and um, we're going to talk about three types of stories. One type is for leaders to influence people. Another one is for branding and this is what Patrick will be talking about. And we will be talking about also stories for sales. So each one of these are important. And I think all of us, in a way, uh, we, we are in such a role, which is sometimes we are leaders trying to influence people to go in certain direction. Sometimes we are sales. Sometimes we are brands. So we are, we are, we are the total of this three uh, in a way or another. But... I want to start by telling a story which is very relevant actually today to some news that happened. And the story happened with me. It's a real-life experience. Uh, two years ago, I was somewhere in London, and I was running a leadership program. We had six, seven days in a row. The participants were so excited. They were so motivated. And then on the last day, it was a Friday morning, there was the news that the company might, uh, might uh, will be acquired or acquiring or merging with another big company. And the same people, the same leaders who were so excited, so motivated, suddenly they were completely lost. And they were so feeling um, not safe, worried, concerned. So for me, 
I always see the things as positive. So I remember I went to the room and and right away I, I felt them that they were kind of concerned and all this. And I told them, look, don't worry. You know, we've been developing ourselves. We've been growing. We've been making impact. So for us, it's fine. We should not worry. Like, let's go into the program and let's, let's kind of just keep doing what we are doing. And we kept doing what we were doing, but I noticed that they were not there. And I noticed how I made a mistake. And you know what the mistake was? The mistake was I didn't acknowledge their feelings. I didn't listen to them first before I present my point of view. It was a big mistake, but I learned from it that first you want to listen, you want to get the input from them, and then you want to go there and share, I mean, acknowledge that and then propose a different perspective maybe to empower them, to inspire them, to, to inject confidence in them to go in a certain direction. So this is a, a story I, I can think about, I can uh, remember very well, like yesterday. And today there was news about acquisition and merger for a, a big company that we know, me and Patrick, very well. And uh, that's why I'm thinking how I thought about this story, which is, uh, what do you think, Patrick? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, uh, I can relate to it for sure. I can relate to it. And, and uh, what you said is absolutely right. I mean, it's it's first listening and trying to understand what their fears are and that's accepting it because just saying yeah. like, hey, look, uh, everything will, go, will, be, will become better or will, will get good is just, you know, getting in here and out on the other side. It doesn't have yeah. an impact. So it's yeah. very important. So for all the people who are watching us, for all the people who are listening to us, uh, please um, feel free to interact with us who are now live and uh, we will be commenting and answering any question you might have. Uh, and uh, we wanted to keep it interactive. So that's why any question or comments will keep it so. So uh, and we're, on thought, we're on LinkedIn as well, right? Right now? Yeah. So we are cool. on LinkedIn. We are on Facebook cool. as well. So, yeah, I'm going to jump uh, yeah. in there as well on, on your story. First of all, it's a great story. I put, you know, and there's a moral to the story, uh, which, you know, every great story should should have a key point to it. That's why we tell stories. And I also like the part about listening because in selling, it is the killer app. I often have it in my work. You know, the killer app in building trust is listening. But that is the killer app. You're, you're, and, 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 you know, trust is your biggest um, your, 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 your biggest currency in a deal. It's not dollars. It's not euros. It's not Swiss francs. It's trust. And how do you build trust? One way is listening. How do you do that? Great question. So yeah, I loved your story. Like to hear what the, uh, what the audience says. Yeah. Uh-huh. So let me just check actually, as we speak and, uh, Patrick will go to you like shortly. Let's see if just, yeah, we no have... problem. Um, Actually, I, I was thinking. I was thinking yeah, yeah. about. I mean, we all three of us are based in Switzerland, and I think all three of us have a very international network. So I would be yeah. really curious to know where people are uh, watching from, listening from. Uh, you know, uh, usually it's like all over the world. So I'm really, uh, really curious. So I'm just inviting all people who are watching right now to just. Quickly write down in the comments where you're watching from. It would be really curious. Yeah. To know. Yeah. So I'm writing now also there. So, yeah. Okay. Very good. So, uh, one of the things we want to cover also. So, I talked about leadership stories. 
Uh, we want to talk about also brand stories. I mean, tell us, Patrick, why brand stories are important, especially today. Well, actually, I want to I wanna actually pick up one, one important word. I mean, there have been many, but one important word which Jack just mentioned is trust. And it's trust as well towards a brand. I mean, very, very usual, usually, you know, companies do the mistake that they tell the stories about their history, where they come from, how they they grown and, you know, how they developed and what they're doing, what they're offering, where they started, which is very often very inspiring and very in, in, in interesting. However, I think what is much more impactful is the stories of the people and yeah. very often it's the stories of the founders, you know, of the people who uh, created, invented something, etc. But in, in today's world, you know, I mean, you don't always have a founder, but you have very often people working for a brand, working for a company who have their stories too. And by just sharing the stories, and today it's so easy to, stay, to share stories through social media, through LinkedIn, through Facebook, etc. By sharing the stories of your people, of your employees, you really work, do a deep work on, on a trust level. Because at the end of the day, people do business with people, right? I don't do business with a brand or with a company. I do uh, business with other people. And yeah. that's why telling stories, um, sharing stories, social media or any other channels, is really, really like, uh, for me, a main advantage and, and really a main argument why, why you know, you can increase your trust level towards a brand, towards people first, and then, of course, towards a brand. And there are so many different examples how this can be and can be done. Yeah, trust. I, I, we were going back to the same point, trust, which is great. So reinforcing the message that Jack was talking about. Jack, why stories are, maybe I answered already, but in sales, in the sales process, what do they create like stories? Context. I, you, you, everyone says, tell a story because it creates an emotional connection. And that's true. That's very true. But also, there is the rational connection as well. Um, and so stories definitely get inside your heart. And they make people see, you know, what's in it for me or, or what's my story in relation to this. Then we need to address the rational brain as well. And that is context. If I know a problem that the customer had, if, if you're selling to me and you tell me a story about a past customer that you've done business with and they had a problem and I go, ah, that's similar to mine. And, you, and we go through consequences of not fixing the problem and everything. All of a sudden, I feel invested in your story. That story is actually about me. And so when you sell, don't go into a customer's office, a prospect's office, or on Zoom, or on StreamYard, or on any uh, platform, uh, and, and tell the story of your company's history. And one day our CEO woke up on a sofa in San Francisco, and then he had a vision. People don't care. They really don't care, or they care a little bit. But if you tell a story about a customer who was struggling, and the consequences of not fixing it uh, were this, and you can say something measurable about, measurable about it, and then maybe even talk about the villain. And the villain could be 
competition. The villain could be legislation in Brussels. The villain could be technology diversifying, you know, really quickly. You know, what is the opposing force that that customer had? And if you start touching on these things, and I see similarities in my business, or your customer who you're pitching to sees similarities of previous success stories, they're going to go, wow. And then when you say, they started talking with us. And here is how we, them and we, created the solution together. Then they're going to say, who are you? Tell me about you. And at that point, they want to hear about you. But if you walk in and tell everybody about you, they don't care. Tell them about somebody like them and get inside their heart. All of a sudden, they want to know about you. And that's a great place to be, but you have to earn it and tell a good story. Mm-hmm. This is a, uh, I mean, I found it very powerful when, when you tell the story, you make it specific. And what I mean is instead of saying, for example, uh, we have a customer who is like this and we, we solve the problem for them like that, saying, let me tell you about John. And John, like he's like he has similar company like yours, and one one day, like on a Friday afternoon, he called me. I told me, look, I have a problem with the shipment. If I don't get it on time, basically we'll be off season. I mean, we will not be able to sell, and I really need your help because otherwise we'll lose like thirty percent of our customers. And and then I called like my Great. assistant. And we we had a long call. We checked online together what are the you know airlines available, and we found a solution. And we stayed until midnight, and we made it happen for him. And on Thursday the next week, the whole shipment was there, and you know they made the sales, and it was one of the best seasons they had. So now we're you know or or after that. Were your salespeople using that story when they approached new customers? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that's something yeah. that big organizations really should do is they should create a library of stories, mm. of customer service or, or problems they have. Create libraries and, and, you know, because sometimes a salesperson knows one or two stories and there's a hundred stories within the company, even more. So if you create a library and every now and then in your sales meetings say, hey, here's a good story you can tell your customers when there's late shipment from a, from a competitor or, 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 then you've got a library of stories of other customers and it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what do you think about uh, for brand stories, what would be the key well, for I mean, for brand stories, I mean, it goes in a similar direction. I mean, at the end of the way, at the end of the day, excuse me, you want to create kind of uh, case studies. I mean, what what just Jack just mentioned, like kind of case studies, like in. But you you want to create case studies which are just not like uh, just like a flyer or something, which which people can kind of really understand. The salespeople can understand and can tell them to the customers. Uh, Etc. And I think this is very, very powerful because it creates again this this trust level. It creates like this. Uh, oh, this I want to hear more about this because I have experienced something very similar. And yeah. I think very important as well. It creates, you know, like for if even for yourself, if you tell the story, even even if you were not part of the story, because very often big organizations you have like you know this happened somewhere else, and uh, you know, but you you know it's our company. We can do that. 
it's like it gives you as well this confidence like hey we can solve this kind of problems too and because i mean at the end of the day you cannot you know be involved in every success story in every case study in every uh, in every um, in, in every uh, solution which is uh, defined for the customer so i think yeah. uh, i think it's very important to have this like uh, as jack mentioned this library but also to understand it and to be able to tell it and to use it actually to tell it because it gives you as well as a salesperson, but not only as a, as a leader as well, more, uh, more, you know, like, like more meat on the bone and it gives you more uh, emotional connection to the customers, for example. But yeah. also as a leader, I think it's extremely important yeah. to know different stories, to know how, you know, like how maybe on the other side of the world, maybe same company, same setup, you know, or similar have they have solved certain uh, challenges? Kind of, I think that's very, very powerful. Yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. agree. It's a leadership yeah. tool as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, it builds this, it creates this trust level to the brand as well. Kind of like, hey, if they have done it like five times, for example, then I'm sure they can do it for me as well. So it's like, hey, I, it's, it creates this certainty towards the brand. Like, hey, they must be good. Yeah, this is what I say. When I think about stories, this is what I think about, which is they create certainty. They create certainty in you as a leader if you're telling a story. Uh, in, in the company, if you're telling it about, you know, again, the company, about the future, it creates certainty about themselves, like about your people. Uh, and if it's a brand, it creates certainty about the brand, uh, which another word for certainty could be trust, right? So uh, we're we're talking about the same thing here, and uh, and confidence, and that and the, and the same thing about the sales, which is creating confidence in the product and the solution, and in the people who are providing this solution and product. I think this is what goes down to in a way, right, Jack? Oh, definitely. Trust and trust, and not self confidence. I mean, that's important when you're selling, but confidence from the person you're talking to, trust in, you know, their confidence in you is very, very important. I mean, you need to be confident in somebody before you take a bet on them, before you buy from them, before you follow them through the fire as a leader. So confidence and trust and acceptance. Um, What there was a, a psychologist, I forget, he had a wheel of emotions and feelings and right next to each other was trust uh, and acceptance. They were trust, acceptance, and, and confidence. They were all right next to each other. So if people trust you, they accept. If they accept yeah. your proposal, you've sold or yeah. you've gotten them to follow you. Yeah, I, I read here like Rauf's uh, comment. Couldn't agree more on the power of the brand story. It's very powerful to share internally within your organization and with your suppliers too. Exactly. Uh, it's, uh, it creates alignment. It creates sense of community and belonging. Uh, it creates uh, connection with your customers uh, and, and your suppliers. And the more you are clear about it, the more you share it, the more you, you connect it to, the, to your environment, to your people, to your stakeholders, the more it will differentiate you and create, again, loyalty, trust, confidence, sales, uh, et cetera. So, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So let's, let's um, Patrick, could you think about a situation or an example of uh, either you were working with a customer or you were helping customer or just 
something you 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 heard of uh, about someone who really used story brand stories to make an impact well <laughs> very often you know i use my own stories when i have now in my in my current uh, role and and uh, you know building up the company i i use my own story actually when i talk to sales leaders uh, because i used to be in exactly the same situation like two more or less two three years ago where you know i walk into the office and the sales team is like walking around with uh, you know Excel sheets, you know, with hundreds of phone numbers, company names, uh, and, uh, and uh, of course, as well, uh, you know, like phone numbers and the name, sorry. And then, you know, from morning to evening, they were kind of cold calling, cold calling, cold calling, cold calling. And at the end, they were like proud, like, hey, today I did uh, whatever, 50 calls, 100 calls. And then the question was like, oh, and how many, you know, uh, requests did you get? How many, uh, you know, appointments did you get? How many meetings did you get? And then it was like, yeah, two or three. And then out of these two, three, it was like very bad, you know. So first we started to kind of work on the cold calling, um, you know, methodology and, and uh, skills. And then very often and very quickly I realized, okay, I think the times of cold calling are over. We need to find new ways to make the sales team more successful. And that's mm. how I started to develop this leadership, uh, this, uh, this, um, uh, uh, this love, so to say, and passion for social media, but specifically for LinkedIn and for social selling. And, and that's like a story which I tell. And, and very often, not all the leaders, but, but the, ones who are in, you know, the ones who are in the same situation, they're immediately like all ears open and they, they, they really absorb it because they feel like, hey, this is exactly how I feel. And then I feel immediately like, hey, we are on the same level and then we can really have a very, very uh, good conversation and, and because we're already connected and engaged. So this is very, very, very simple. So it's, talk about your own story when you, when you know that the person is in that situation now. You know, this happened exactly to, to me two years ago and this is how I did it. This is how I solved it. This is how I, you know, I got help or whatever it is. And I think this is very, very helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, I think. I mean, in your case, again, you your brand story is is what what put you on this journey, which is to go and help organizations uh, develop their people skills, their sales people skills, and social selling. And uh, it's uh, the the passion and the the mission you've been on is is this story basically. That's yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just part of the story. The story continues, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it didn't finish, but it's you know, it's like it started some years ago, and it it continues absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's similar in my case, which is you know, again, uh, when I when I work now and uh, with uh, different organizations, I I talk about this. I talk about my story, about my journey, and and this was was. With many of them, it resonates because it relates to their own struggles when it comes to leading people, when it comes to creating engagement, when it comes to the silos and the fights internally and the tension between people and departments and etc. So that's what's powerful. Like people can relate to it, and they say, you know what? It's you know he's been there, and I I want to see like how he could help us. So t tell us tell us about like more about uh, this jack about the selling 
side of stories? I, I actually believe that stories do not get you the deal. Stories get you a good conversation. They get you a conversation in a very focused way. So if you, especially if you open with a story, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I say, you know, the art of persuasion <clears throat> is actually not talking as much as people think. You know, if you really make a great point, you win. That's not really true. If you listen to people, um, you know, and and get them in a place where they co-own a solution with you, that's a lot more persuasive. Uh, but you need to get in the game. So if you walk into somebody's office or you go on a, a call, a Zoom call with somebody or whatever, the uh, it, um, and they say, what have you got for us, Jack? Uh, I need to open. OK, I actually like it when the lift door opens. And my contact is there with his or her boss. And the boss says, Jack, thanks for coming in today. The reason we took the meeting is this. I don't have to open. And I can just listen, ask a few questions, listen some more, and then maybe a half hour later say, well, let me tell you a little bit about me. But I've been asking really good questions, which is what the score selling method is all about. The right questions at the right point in the sale. Sometimes, though, you walk in. And they say, um, what have you got? Uh, why did we take the meeting with this guy? And you just say, I'll tell you why. And, you know, confidence and don't, you know, if you've got two people in the room and the boss is looking at the other person, help that other person out, jump right in story. Um, and so I think what then happens is the story focuses a conversation. And later you will close the deal or close next steps in which the buyer contributes to the next steps, very powerful uh, for, uh, to, you know, it's not just next steps, it's next steps that the buyer puts skin in the game. But the, the story is going to focus that conversation. And then uh, when you finish telling a very short story, similar to what they've been up through, you may ask, the you know, so you tell your story and you say, are you up against similar challenges? And they may actually say, well, kind of, but not exactly. Perfect. You don't have to defend. I know. I know. I was just telling you. You just say, oh, tell me how. That's what a re that's confident. That's self-confidence. And that's vulnerability. And so, I wasn't expecting to tell you the perfect story to solve your problem today. I was telling you a story. So you just tell that story and then say, are you up against something similar? And if they say similar, but and lean forward, look them in the eye with love and say, okay, tell me. And now they're talking. And when they're talking, they're trusting you. That, mm -hmm. you know, get them talking. So a story can prompt a conversation. I think you're raising a great point. So we're talking about stories, but we are talking about listening as key part of influence. And, uh, and the story I, I shared at the beginning, it was about, the listening right and uh, and now it's it's a great how you put like stories into context which is listen then tell a story you know not, don't go just there like and, and and you know push the story but listen first and uh, i think you patrick uh, on when it comes to social selling you you tell your people or, or your customers the same which is listen or get into a conversation and explore what your customers are struggling with on social media, like join the conversations, mm -hmm. go to the groups, look at the posts of your customers or typical customers and right, tell us a little bit more about this. 
Well, there is obviously a big difference between like having like a one-to-one -one conversation, you know, where, where uh, as you both just say, and I can only underline it, is listening before I start talking usually. Uh, on social media, it's very similar. It's like you can call it social listening. Before you start like pulling, pushing out content and stuff, you need to understand what your target people, your target group, your customers, your dream customers, what who are they first of all and what are the biggest challenges and now what the difference is it's not a one-to-one -one, but it's a one-to-many communication so obviously you kind of you say okay look uh, my target group are sales leaders in this in this industry as an example in the common challenge is uh, digital transformation just just saying something um, or you know that uh, having transforming face-to-face uh, -face meetings into virtual meetings or whatever it is and, and then you start, you know, based on the actual feedback you get from individual clients and target people, you can, you can start understanding what the real challenge is. And then you can solve it or you can, you can actually push out content which is addressing these challenges, not selling any services or products, but actually helping them, you know, giving, look, today I give you three tips how you can be more successful on LinkedIn as an example. Mm. or uh, three tips for successful or for great storytelling, whatever it is. And, and, and I think this is like the, the, it's exactly the same. Listening first, watching, talking to people, getting into conversation, feeling, absorbing what their needs are, and then pushing out content, which is addressing those needs and this, those challenges. But very important as well, because it's a constant learning is like also checking what is the feedback, you know, am I going into the right direction? Is that really the problem? Is I'm really addressing the problem? I, do I address it in the right way? Uh, do I get the right level of attention, etc., etc.? And this obviously you can get by the feedback you get by your uh, by your followers or community, whatever. And and I think this is what a lot of people, you know, just do wrong. They they start pushing out content. And then, ah, oh, you know, uh, it, didn't, it didn't work. But it's a long, 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 long work uh, journey. It's like a marathon yeah. and not a sprint. And I think that's very, very important. So it's the same. Listening I agree. and then Go pushing ahead. out. Yeah, I see the parallels in social listening and direct listening. I mean, you, you, I think you've absolutely nailed it there. You know, social listening. And th there are organizations that will do social listening for customers, but actually the customer should be doing it themselves. And, and, and you know, we, we should be, you know, we, we walk in and they say, what have you got? Well, you've listened and now you know you need to talk, but make it quick kind of thing. Or they're talking, let them go, let them go. And, you know, listen, listen, listen. It builds trust. And I agree with you, Patrick. I think, I, you know, you're more of an expert online than I. I'm more the face-to-face the, the -face customer conversation. But I can see online where people who are listening, they post something. And then they go back and they're not just liking everything, they're th that the um, their viewers and uh, are are posting, but they're getting engaged with them. So they're they're listening mm -hmm. socially. Then they're getting engaged with them, and and you know good things can happen after that. Fouad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think to me, as I'm listening to what we've been talking about, maybe I would summarize it by you know asking, listening. And then telling, you know, I, I don't know if this kind of a, because I, I see that in some situations, 
the customers will not be proactively telling you you want to go there and ask them, even on social media. And that's why you know, we've been talking about it, me and Patrick, like, when uh, like putting like a uh, like a voting or a poll uh, people answer and then basically it gives you insight about okay how do they feel about this problem how do they see it or how what what's the biggest struggle they have when it comes to this area and it's it's powerful because then it gives you insight about what you want to work on or how you can help them and that that's the beauty now of social media of course but the same when it comes to the face-to-face, but I think the obstacle we all have is we've been conditioned to answer quickly, you know, to, to, to say something, to show that we know, to show that we are competent. And this is the obstacle, I think. We want to be more curious. And, and then it, by the way, the, the same thing when it comes to leadership, right? When it comes Absolutely. To leadership, when, Absolutely. It comes to, when it comes to leadership, like I, I need to show them that I know I have the answer. I need to show them that, you know, I'm in control and uh, they should not worry. I'm like, yeah, but allow them first. Allow them to speak up. Allow them to express. Uh, it's, it, it will not only make them trust you more, but they will feel heard. And it will give you also some insight when you truly listen about some problems maybe you don't know or some points you haven't considered. So this Absolutely. is a, this, this is an advantage, you know. Leadership is selling, and if exactly. you take the take the monetary uh, out of it, it's influencing, it's persuading, uh, you know. So so you you want people to join you and go somewhere. You're basically selling, you know. You go to a client, you want them to join you and go somewhere, mm. buy from you, and then work with you. Leaders, the same thing. They want you to say, "Okay, I'm on board with this." Um, you know, or, you know, and let them like you do in a good sale, let them co-own the solution. You've provoked a good idea. They start building on it. You Absolutely. work on it together. They're more committed to buy from you. Same thing in leadership. If you're listening to people and they're saying, hey, boss, uh, I, I like the direction you're going, but let me add something here. If the boss listens to that, they're going to join in more. Yeah, and I, I think I, again, I'm I'm surprised how much there is similarities when it comes to leadership, selling, and branding, uh, which I haven't thought about before. But it's it's obvious, right? And uh, that's uh, the, the one other thing you said, Jack, which is I found very insightful. Which is stories will not make the sales; it will open for you the conversation or push you in the conversation, which could lead the sales. And I think, Patrick, we talked about this, we talked about social media, is, and we, 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 we tell people and we kind of realize it also from our journey is that, you know, you, it's great to build like the branding, it's great to build like positioning, the expertise, you still need to go and, and in a way like, you know, present, close. solution, close, etc. So it doesn't, and I think if I think about leadership, I would say the same. You still need to make a call and decide and take action. You know, it's just you cannot just rely on this to make things happen. You know, so fully agree. I mean, fully agree on leadership. You still need to take action. You need to walk the talk. You need to take decisions, etc. You cannot just lead by inspiring people <laughs> just by yeah. uh, sharing uh, good vibes <laughs> with your team. That's for sure. And and same is for for selling and for social selling specifically. 
Uh, I mean, it's exactly what Jack said. I mean, with storytelling, you kind of start a conversation. You want to engage with your customer and start in a conversation. Social selling is exactly the same. And that's where many people do the big mistake that they post for the sake of getting as many likes as possible. But the idea is to post something so that you can touch, I mean, that you can get to, you know, uh, physically, emotionally touch your customer, your future customer, your prospect, and engage. And if this person will kind of comment and react on your post in one way or the other, this is when you can start or try to start a conversation. Ideally, when you get a, a feedback uh, in form of a comment, of course, that's ideal, of course, because then you're in the middle of the conversation. Then it's about keep the conversation going, listening again, same stuff, listening, and then eventually taking the conversation off LinkedIn to Zoom or to a face-to-face -face meeting or whatever it is, phone call, whatever it is. So it's exactly the same, exactly the same. It's Yeah. You know, and, and you know, on that leadership thing, uh, Fouad and, and, and Patrick, uh, I've actually been saying for a decade that sales is leadership. And sometimes I'm in a workshop, you know, and, and I, but I know that I'm triggering people to go, no, and I get into a conversation with them. So very often in a workshop or something, I'll say, you know what the ultimate leadership task is? Sales. Selling is about leadership. No, 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 no. Great salespeople, they don't want to be sales managers. They don't want to be managing a team. They want to be out selling. And I go, I know. I didn't say that sales is about sales management. I said sales is about leadership, but they don't want to lead teams. And I'm saying, I didn't say that. I said it's about leadership. Well, help us out with that. And I'm like, if you go into a client, a prospect, for the first time, and a month later, you have a deal, I think you've led the client. I'm not talking about leading other salespeople. And, and there are good sales leaders, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about selling is leading. You walk in, you say, hi, my name is Jack. And a month later, they're saying, Jack, we really like this. We're so glad we're moving forward with you. I think there have been some leadership things that have happened there. Guess what? Leadership and selling is very, they have a lot of similarities. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. What do you think is the obstacle to telling stories uh, in, a, in a sales context? And then I will go into branding, uh, to Patrick, afterward. Jack, what, what do you think the, are the obstacles? I know what my obstacles are. Yeah. I, I tell too many. Okay. I mean, and I look, I'm a sales trainer and I talk about asking questions and listening. Jack soul, my upbringing, three older brother, you know, I am a talker. I recognize that. I recognize that. And so when I'm selling, I know that I have to shut up sometimes. And that is, that is conscious work, conscious work. And a lot of times my stories really, you know, and sometimes I say open with the story, sometimes a story to refocus and go in it. Okay. And then sometimes it's like, shut up, Jack, shut up, you know, at, you know, or, or make the story 10 seconds and not a minute and ask a question again. So I say, so if you ask what's, you know, what's a problem with stories, a, you tell the wrong story at the wrong time, B you're just out there, job, 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 telling stories. Well, you're not in a bar with friends, you're in a sale and, you know, 
prompt with a story, go in a direction, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, throw out a solution, get them working on it, shut up. And, and you know, I, I mean, if you're talking more than 50% in a first meeting with a new prospect, you're talking too much. And, and I have to tell myself that. That's a great, that's a great reflection and insight. What about you, Patrick, for the well, I think I, I think it's it's uh, it's uh, you know first of all remembering the right story in the right moment, kind of you know like because I mean you know stories you, some stories you know you you tell you know very often and sometimes you need to remember the right story in the right moment because it needs to be in context to the conversation or to the post you're doing or you know the talk you're having whatever it is, and, and I think that's like uh, what what is you know like a challenge. But also, and that's what I realize, especially on LinkedIn, people are like, oh, can I really share that? Like a personal story, for example. And I always say, yes, you should share it. I mean, not a personal, personal. It still needs to be personal slash professional. So it's about, you know, it's not a personal a, not, story, not a private story. Let's not put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> for example, I mean, even that, if you put it into context to business, why not? But then you need to be a good storyteller and put it in the right uh, frame and yeah. context. Uh, but I think that's like what a lot of people, you know, like, oh, but, you know, can I share that? I, you know, or, or uh, does this fit into the LinkedIn business world, for example, that a lot of people are like afraid of that. But at the end of the day, the, these authentic stories are exactly is exactly what is making the biggest difference between you know of, of the brands. And imagine if like in a company, you know, many people, the more people tell their stories, of course, always in, in relation to the brand. Like you know what? Uh, today I have twenty year uh, twenty years anniversary with company ABC as an example. And this is like, you know, when I started, I was, you know, whatever, uh, young and 20 years old. And now after 20 years, I've learned this, this, this and that and whatever, you know, it, at the beginning it was difficult. But now whatever it is. And I think this is like people relate to that and say, hey, this is cool. This is cool. And, and if many people are doing it on their own stories, I think that's yeah. very, very powerful for a brand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is a, I don't know, when I think about it, it's like almost that it's continuum. And then one is you don't you don't tell stories at all, and then in the middle you tell the story as a uh, you tell it as describing uh, like how, I don't know how to say it like the best, but basically you say like something you know, like when I started uh, 20 years ago I was this this this, and then now I'm this 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 this, versus saying I still remember the first day I joined I was feeling fearful I was feeling insecure. And then the boss came to me and he said, hey, do you have everything ready? And I said, what? What's everything? <laughs> and, and then he looked at me. I felt that he's going to fire me. And I thought I will, not, I will not have that job at all. And now, 20 years later, I'm here. I am his boss. I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am the boss. And I had a similar situation with one of my new hires. And... When he told me, like, I don't know, I sat with him and I told him, look, that's fine. And I guided. And so basically, when you add to it, like, some specific, specifics and some feelings and some dialogue, you make it richer. But I think the biggest obstacles people have is, oh, if I tell it, like, a specific, maybe I would expose myself, you know? 
If I tell specifics, like I will, uh, maybe they will judge me. Maybe but they will you know criticize what? me. Yeah, well, that, but that is the best thing you can do. Yeah. About people, if you walk in and say, let me tell you about the story of my success. And it's like I started and they knew I was good. And every year they gave me a promotion. People are going to go, what? Like they're actually going to get resentful or indifferent. And probably, you know, indifferent is just as bad. Where if you walk in and say, my first day, oh my God. And then, you know, and so, you know, the typical vulnerability. But yes, you know, when you show, I say, you know, vulnerability is nice. Uh, it, to show vulnerability takes courage. So you're actually showing your courage at the same time. I mean, you know, not being afraid is not brave. Being afraid and conquering it, that's brave. Uh, you know, so by showing what you were fearful of on day one and that it wasn't easy, um, and, you know, and the same thing about the customer story as well. People love that. We don't go to a blockbuster movie and expect the hero who is the main character. We don't expect the main character just to go from success to success to success in glory. We want to see, you know, the darkest hour, you know, at, at you know, before act three, we, we want to see them fail a few times and, and, and at one point go, Oh, how am I going to do this? And then they do it. We leave going, yay. It's the same thing in a business story. And people, as you mentioned before, you know, people are just like, oh, I can't, I, I, I can't ever say that I wasn't great. And I'm like, cool, good. But are you believable? Exactly. Yeah, this is a, and again, I think, I mean, you, you, do you agree, Patrick, it's the same thing online, like uh, on social media that Absolutely. people, people like try to put like, walls or protect themselves or hide themselves i mean i think on social media is even even more because typically social media you see all the good stuff i mean look at instagram and stuff you see all the nice pictures you know uh, sorry all the nice pictures and stuff it's everything is nice and shiny and exactly so yeah. <laughs> you, you don't anymore what is real and what is not real and and i mean i mean it's just an example but but very often you know, it's easier to share the success than to share, you know, your challenges. And uh, I, I realize, you know, I think it's like normal that you, you, you know, you, quickly you share your success. But once you share actually your challenges, your true challenges and your true story, you know, say, hey, look, this day was the worst day in my life because, you know, this is when I lost my job. And, you know, all of a sudden it was a big surprise and whatever. And this is what people are like can relate to it. So, oh wow! And even and when successful people do it, I think it's even more powerful because they say, "Hey, wow!" Also, the, the hero, so to say, <laughs> today the hero uh, he went through really like through through very very difficult and dark times, and I think that's very very powerful because people can relate to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know what? When you're the leader, you're the CEO of a powerful company, and you say, "Hey, I had my vulnerable moments." Well, nobody's going to fire you. You know, you're not going to have some project manager who joined a month ago saying, "Boss, we think you should be fired. You've shown your weakness." I think real and Fada, you know, your your game is so much tied to leadership. I think one thing is showing your vulnerability and and you know and your struggle. And letting other people feel free to do it. And when they do it, reward them. 
somehow. I'm not saying give them a bonus. In fact, that's the last <laughs> thing you should do. But really say, hey, wow, brilliant. I'm so glad you told that story. Man, I trust you more now. You know, to say to them in front of people, I, you know, when you told me that story, I feel I have a level of trust with you because you're going to tell me, wow, gee, hey, I'm so glad you told that story. And then you're going to see other people jump forward and want to tell stories of struggle. Uh, mm-hmm. So the leader, hey, I failed. Yeah, of course, you can say that. You're the, but when you let others say it and reward them for saying it, man, you know, that's, that, that, that's good leadership. So this is, a, this is a, I mean, maybe a good question, which is, if this applies to leadership, would this apply to sales, like say, talking about your mess up? Oh, yeah. Tell, tell us about this. I, I, I talk about one of my mess ups all the time and, there, and the lesson to be learned. You tell a story because there's a lesson there. And that is, you know, any great film, any great novel has a theme the 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 moral of the story the lesson learned and i mean i tell the story a lot i i tell the story of uh, i was walking down park avenue in new york you know i grew up in upstate new york i live in i live in switzerland had a big meeting went to stay at mom's house two days later took the train back down to new york and I, it was july it was a hot summer day and i'm walking down park avenue with my jacket off and sweating and didn't even want to take a taxi because I was so angry with myself. I knew they weren't going to buy from me. And it was this close. Why didn't they buy from me? Because, you know, at the end of the meeting, it was at a very aggressive CEO of a hedge fund firm. Um, and towards the end, and we were really getting along. I was asking him questions. We were jousting. I was challenging him. He was challenging me. And it was really good. And at one point, he looked at his watch and he said, hey, I've only got five more minutes. An Irish Staten Island CEO. And he said, yeah, I only got five more minutes. Come on, close me. And I went, what? What? And he said, come on, close me. And I realized that hedge fund, you know, that's a fast business. And he's successful, so obviously, as people were selling, but he may have wanted sales training. But, hey, come on, close me. And I should have at least closed the next step, which I halfway did, but I should have closed them on a first purchase because I was thinking this would be the kind of company that I could make, you know, do three or four months work, send an invoice a couple times, 30,000 over the first three months, and then maybe build it into something bigger. And I should have closed them for something at $2,500. I should have said, Pat, let's get started. Let's do an assessment. I'll tell you how the assessment's going to work. And I'll tell you what, tomorrow morning, I'll have it for your review. And by the afternoon, we can have it out to your salespeople. A week later, I'll give you the 2,500, Pat. Then we can decide how to build it forward. What do you think, Pat? If I would have told him that, he would have bought. And I would have had... 2500 toward a 30,000 I was sure. But I was like, but what did I do? Well, you know, Pat, my way is I normally put together a little summary and I send it to you and some recommendations. <laughs> I'll get that off to you tomorrow and he was like, "Okay, Richard'll take care of you. Nice meeting you, Jack." And he left and I went, "That was a little rude of him to leave the mess, but I get it. He's in a hurry." And when I got down the lift and I go, "Of course, he wasn't in a hurry. He was I am not the kind of sales trainer that, that that's going to help those hedge fund managers. I lost the sale. Guess next morning, phone rings. 
Okay. At my, you know, my phone rings, I wake up, I'm having breakfast with my mom. It's the VP of HR saying, Hey, Jack, we talked about it and we just don't see a fit right now. And I knew it. And I said, well, Richard, what about if we do the assessment? And no, 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 no. What's the moral of the story? Always have something to sell. Always have something to sell. Even if you're a 50,000, you know, let's, you know, let's start working. If they say, hey, we want to move forward today, be ready and sell them some, sell them your first day's work, sell them your first three days work. And, yeah. and I didn't. And he was like, that story, I tell people and I say, so what, what can you sell in a first meeting? And whoa, yeah. people, are, yeah. And actually, I mean, in, the, in the, same, the same story could be also told to show that you developed your approach and it become, became more solid, like even to have such customers who could be like in some situation very aggressive and then you can still sell them or close them. So this is, and maybe, maybe you would t tell another story, which is about another one or maybe the same one in the future that you met and then you closed. And this has basically made them go for you. Go for your uh, absolutely. Sale. And you know what? Uh, to the moral of the, I, I do it now. And, and more often than I realized, there's three or 4,000 to be sold right then, you know, and then a 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000 project gets, comes a month later from that. But they're, they're, they're used to paying my invoice and they're used to seeing my work. Yeah. And, and, and I make 3,000 anyway. Uh, I, I have since then gotten a lot more business in a first meeting, just, you know, but not not 50,000, but, mm. but, you know, so always be ready to, to sell. Mm. What about uh, for you, Patrick? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, I mean, it's, it's actually very similar to the storytelling and the social selling approach. You're looking for the engagement, right? But it's on a much further level. So already you're talking about potential business, but at the end of the day, you want to start this, this uh, collaboration uh, rolling. And at the beginning, it's maybe a very small project, but uh, as Jack just said, I mean, I, I could just completely relate to it. Very often as salespeople, we are focusing on the big, on the big thing like, oh, yeah, this is a 50,000 project. This is what I want. But very often in order to get there, you need to start with a very, very little things. And, 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 uh, and you need to be ready. I can just not agree more to that. And you need to be ready to sell it then and to close it. Because if you say, yeah, okay, we will get back to you. This is always like, okay, you wait and wait. And then, then basically it's a no actually yeah. it's actually just simply a no so yep. if you're ready okay. uh, you know for a thousand two thousand uh, you know deal you know and it's the a person who can take decision on the other side of the table then they will take the decision right away there's yep. no need to you know check with the boss or check uh, ask their wives or whatever it is then they will say yes and that's it so yeah. and so, and, or, yeah. and if they if they don't buy they'll tell you why and and in in two more minutes, you can probably uh, you may be able to address that and sell or, you know, what you need to retreat on and say, OK, let's move forward with that possible big project. And, you know, the real reason why. So when you do say, hey, come on, we've danced. Let's you know, let, let, let's let's go back to my place. Ha ha. A sale is a love affair. You're going to get either a yes or you're going to get. No, here's why. And that clarity, as you said before, you know, certainty, 
That's really important for a sales, but you, you're out there in the marketplace naked. You, you know, you're out there sweating and pitching and show, you want certainty. You want clarity. You deserve it as a salesperson and mm. you deserve it. And you should ask for it. Hey, you don't want to dance. What? Why not? Tell me I can handle it and, you know, and make your move and you will get either a no because, or you'll get a yes. Yeah. So, uh, going to the social selling and social listening and the fact that you tell a story and, and when I see your posts, uh, Patrick, and I think some of my posts also like in the, in the same direction, which is you're telling a story. And, and for example, one of the stories about you leaving the corporate world and you have the box of your stuff you're carrying. I have a similar story where I'm kind of, it's actually just the last picture when I close the door of my office and I'm leaving and uh, and it was a story about, you know, why would you leave the corporate world and uh, a stable job and you go and um, but but I think that the question is like how, you know, how do you do the same thing, which is you are closing almost with every post or with every story, you know, what could you do to ensure that you are getting you're doing something with this post, like to get further in the journey with the customer? Well, you know, the most important is, first of all, you post something which is, let's say, to a big extent at least helpful and which is addressing the challenges of your customers. So if you have done your social listening, if you are in contact with your customers, you more or less know. And again, it's a one-to-many, so you cannot address, like, the challenges of each individual, but you can say, look, an average people of my target audience are going through this and these challenges. This is my expert, my field of expertise. So I share daily tips and tricks to solve these problems. And uh, what you should do, of course, at the end is like trigger, again, trigger the conversation. And this you can do with a call to action, uh, which can be a question. For example, hey, what about you? What is your, what was the last time you had this challenge? Or what is your biggest challenge at the moment? Uh, or um, when? what was your biggest uh, failure in the last uh, 12 months or whatever it is? By doing that, you trigger the people to answer. But however, my experience as well shows that, you know, the, and this exactly goes into the direction we discussed before. The more, you know, the deeper the question goes, the less people are open to share their stories. If you say, so what is your biggest leadership failure in the last, last 10 years? then there are not so many people like, you know, commenting and saying, hey, I've done this, this and that. But if you ask, hey, what are your tips or what is your biggest success story or what, you know, like positive things and people are much more open to comment. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the goal is to have a call to action. And this also you need to learn by listening, by trying as well, trial and error. Have a call to action to each post where you're triggering your, your community to come back with something, either an answer to a question or a click on something. Hey, click here for more news or subscribe here or follow me or whatever it is. But I think that the most important is to have a, a call to action at the end of the post. That's a great, uh, great answer. Yeah. Okay. So we are almost at the end. Um, Which, just quickly, yeah. sorry, it just comes to my mind. It's exactly what Jack mentioned before by closing the deal. At the end, exactly. it's not a deal, but it's closing. I mean, you can share everything you want, but at the end, you need to tell the people what you want. 
I want you to follow me. I want you to answer this question. And exactly what Jack, Jack said. I want an answer. Are you in? Yes or no? This is the deal. And it goes in the same direction. So very, very a lot of uh, similarities here. And, and by the way, the same for leadership, which is in leadership, what I tell leaders, and especially see very senior leaders, if you want to make a change in, an, in your organization, help people take the first step. <laughs> you yeah. know, just help them take the first step because when they take it, when you get them the running shoes and you help them to go and do the first 10 minutes or five minutes, guess what? They will continue. You know, if you, if you keep this ecosystem or environment which motivating them to keep going so there are so many similarities it's fascinating to me uh, as we we get into the conversation i found how there's so many things in common between selling between branding and leadership so uh, any final thoughts from you jack yeah, I, I just wanted to, to add on to, to Patrick's point about not asking questions that are too uncomfortable. And in a face-to-face -face sale, you actually do want to get there, but not too early, as, as Patrick said. Online, for example, that's too early, if, especially if, when you're face-to-face, you don't walk in and say, you know, where do you think the company is going to go bankrupt? Okay, you know, if they start, and I'm exaggerating a little bit. Uh, you want that's what the score selling method five key steps s c o r e scope challenges outcomes resistance and execution and in the r uh is you know really that is resistance objections but sometimes you've got a prompt for them and if you're late in a sale and you see that the client doesn't want to they don't know how to make that big step you want to know, I and I can tell a long story. I won't. I'll make it a short story, but but more than once, I can tell a long story of, of an event and, and when it happened in the mood in the room and all of that. I can tell you this story. I use it a lot. Uh, the, 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 there they are. They're looking and they don't know, you know, and it's the meeting's coming to a conclusion. And, and the question is the R question, resistance. What's your biggest concern with, you know, if you have a concern moving forward, what is it? Or as my old business partner used to ask, what's the worst thing about our proposal? And the first time he did that, I wanted to kick him. It was like, ah, what a crit. And then all of a sudden I saw the, I saw the, the client go, well, you know, now that you ask. Uh, and, and we got a deal. We got a deal. Ten minutes later, we were forming the deal that that a week later they signed on because of that question. So you wouldn't walk into a meeting and say, hi, I'm Jack. Do you have any concerns about meeting? No, no. But if you've been talking solutions, you know, there comes a point where if they're saying, hey, send me a letter of understanding we're signing. Don't ask the question. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and that's part of the technical side of selling with the artistic side. You know, the 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 intuitive, I'm checking them out, buyer signals, no, don't ask that question, with knowing what the hell the question is. That's the technical side. The intuitive side is, I need to ask the question, or don't ask the question. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a great, great reflections. And uh, any final words from you, Patrick? No, actually, I think, uh, I think again, we found uh, many, many uh, similarities to the let's say the face-to-face -face selling, the technical, and I like the, the expression, the artistical 
selling. Um, and, and I think it's, it's very often the same in the social selling, but it's much up, more up in, this, in the funnel. It's much earlier in the process. It's much, you know, early engagement with a prospect. Uh, but there are many similarities in the approach. It's very, very, very similar. Mm. And it's just different from a technical point of view. It's not one-to-one, it's one-to-many. Uh, also, you need to, you know, we talk about listening, but it's actually social listening, but actually you're reading, you're checking the profile, you're trying to understand, uh, you know, the behavior and, and, and the interests and the challenges. So it's all very, very similar, just on, on a different platform. So uh, I think that's, uh, for me, like a, a big takeaway today from this conversation. Yeah. And of yeah. course, as well with leadership, which is very, very similar to. Absolutely. Yeah. Social selling, face-to-face selling, leadership. Wow. The, the similarities are incredible. Yeah. Great yeah, takeaway. This, this is great. Uh, when we got into the conversation, we, were, we wanted to talk about the stories from this different angle, but then the conclusion is, is are very similar. You know, like it's kind of a, and when we look at it from this different angles, we come to a very good understanding that in order to influence people to take action, you need stories. But before you tell the stories, you need to ask questions, you need to listen, you need to understand them, and you need to show them that you understand them, and then tell the, telling the story. I, I think it will take you a long way, but then you also need to be ready to close. And as a leader, you also need to be ready to take action to take a decision and get people moving forward with you. And it takes, as you said, Jack, and as you said, Patrick, you know, even like very small step, like closing a small thing is a way to close a big thing. And that's the same thing when it comes to change and leading an organization or leading a team, making, making the people take one simple step in that direction. It's a great progress. And that's what we want to accomplish as leaders, as salespeople, as social sellers. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you so much, Patrick. And uh, thank you, everyone who listened to us live or watched us and who will be listening to us on the podcast. Have a great day, great evening, wherever you are, and bye. Bye.